What's good? What's good, y'all? This is Krill from Out the Box, Out the Box Talks. I am back for a brand new episode. I want to thank each and every one of you all for checking me out, tuning in to the platform. If you caught the show that we did over the weekend, we did a special tribute. Well, not a tribute show. We did a special show in review of the new Black Star album. Shout out to my brother A-Level and my brother Mark who were involved in that. We did that live on the YouTube channel. And um, yeah, man, that was wonderful to be able to do that. I always love when I can get those brothers involved in our Out the Box Talks panel can discuss new music and, you know, topics of relevance to uh, hip-hop. So yeah, man, I thank any and each and every one of y'all that tuned in to that. As always, I'm back for another episode. This is episode 106 of Out the Box Talks podcast. I got a special guest on the show with me today. An artist that um, I actually go back a bit with and, you know, been uh, looking to get him on the platform. He was on the platform before for a shorter interview, but uh, we're going to talk to him a little longer about his latest project that's out right now. He is a producer. So, yeah, we're going to talk to him in a little bit. But before I jump into that, I want to shout out a few things Out The Box related. As you know, we got our website, the new music blog, outtheboxmedia.com, where you can get access to interviews and a lot of brand new new music that comes out on a regular. So mostly hip-hop and soul music, creative and conscious hip-hop, as well as um, dope quality soul music. Um, if you've been checking out the website, you know I do the the monthly best hip-hop albums and EPs, as well as the best soul albums and EPs. Try to do that every month. So we got the latest list up for the month of April. So go check that out on the website. There's a tab that says uh, hip-hop and soul that you can click on at the top of the website to find out the, 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 the list of favorite and best hip-hop and soul projects to come out each month beginning in this year of January, the first month of January of this year. So go check that out. Also, we have our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash outtheboxmedia, where you can get access to interview clips that are not available to the general public. You know, these are actually, I say interview clips, but these are like, some of these interviews are, are pretty pretty long. A lot of them are like 20 minutes in length, you know, per per interview. Um, So there's about, there's over 40 interviews on the platform that you can go get access to for a small fee monthly. So that's on the Patreon page, patreon.com slash out the box media. Remember these interviews are not available to the general public. If you want to get an idea of the different artists that we have interview clips on, um, you can go to this link and, um, you know, um, it'll give you kind of a preview of the different artists that we have interviews for. Again, 40 interviews and 40 plus interviews on there. All right. Then we also have the for those that's uh, watching on YouTube, Out the Box TV, we got the Out the Box Talks podcast, which is available on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and generally where you would listen to, you know, podcasts. So there are. You can find the high-quality version of these episodes there. 
uh, specifically if you, you know, if you prefer to listen to audio podcasts instead. All right. And if you would like to donate to the platform, we have our cash app, uh, which is cash tag out the box rep and PayPal, paypal.me slash out the box media. Right. So when you donate into the platform, you're not just donating to support out the box TV and the out the box talks interviews, you know, you support an out the box media period, right? Whether it's our new music blog, the music reviews that we do on our out the box media channel, you know, and all things related to out the box. There's a lot that it takes to keep the wheels running with this uh, platform. So, you know, just remember whatever you donate, it is appreciated. All right. And if you're watching on YouTube and you have not subscribed yet and you like the content, feel free to subscribe to this channel, Out The Box TV. You know, like I also said, I have a review channel, which is Out The Box Media on YouTube. That's the channel where I try to do a lot of music reviews on that channel specifically. All right. So you can go over there as well. All right, so I just wanted to get those things out the way. Also, we have our merch store, outtheboxmedia.bigcartel. I'm going to be looking to put some more new merch items up on that store, so you can go to that link as well to support the platform in that way. All right, so yeah, I just wanted to get those things out the way. I thank you all again for staying the course, you know, for this intro. So uh, I want to get into our main you know, topic of the day, which as always is our interview with a special artist, special hip hop or soul guest. Today uh, it's a little different because I usually don't do a lot of interviews with producers, but um, it doesn't mean that I don't like doing interviews. But um, you know, this is a, a a brother that's been doing his thing for a while. Like I said earlier, I go back some time with him, and he definitely has a solid approach when it comes to producing and, you know, very quality output in terms of his music. You know, he's done a number of projects over the years. Um, I'm looking at ranging back to 2011 with the Meticulous EP, as well as the um, Meticulous LP in 2015. He put out uh, two collabo projects in 2019 and 2020, with MC Justo the MC. One is called Mind of a Man and County of Kings. And then last year in 2021, he put out his latest project entitled No Caps, which features a host of extremely talented MCs from Homeboy Sandman, Sky Zoo, Justo the MC, Kev Brown, Jay Cyanide, Guilty Simpson, Breeze Bruin, Uptown XO, YU, MAV, and Ill Conscious to name some of the artists on that album. And in the Meticulous LP, he also kind of entered with, uh, you know, uh, a, a host of other dope MCs on there too, from your old Droog, Lil Fame, Rod Digger, Guilty Simpson. So yeah, man, the list goes on in terms of the artists he's worked with. Um, and we're going to talk to him about this new project, No Caps, but also about his journey and his approach as a producer. So without further ado... I want to welcome to our Out the Box Talks listening and viewing audience, my homie, hailing native of Pittsburgh, right? Representing the Pittsburgh area, but also New York-based, Brooklyn-based at this time. I want to welcome to our Out the Box Talks platforms, the homie Meticulous. Welcome, welcome to Out the Box. 
What's good, yeah, what's man? Good, man. How you doing? How you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. That was that was dope. Indeed, man. Indeed, man. It's a pleasure having you on the platform. I know it's been a minute, man. Like, you know, me and you definitely go back together, working together, you know. So yeah, it's so dope to see you grow and develop into who you are now, you know, and doing the music and producing. That's that's an awesome thing, man, because I remember like literally sitting side by side, you know, of you and, and seeing you early in the game, like sharing beats and, you know, showcasing your, your talents, man. So it's dope to see how far you've come and, and, and how, you know, and your, and your output so far in the game, man. You know? I really appreciate that, man. Yeah. It, uh, back when we worked together at Fat Beats, man, that was like, I was, I was very focused on trying to uh, get my craft to a point where I was comfortable releasing music. And that was just like, that was a big driving force in that era. And that, that's cool that, uh, that's cool. You remember it too. Cause I remember playing beats for you guys and just yep. being all like, yeah. So indeed, um, man, Yeah, you definitely, you know, it's not a lot of people that, you know, may start out like that and take it so serious. Like you took it extremely serious. You know, we'll talk a little bit more about, how you got from point A to point B to where you are now. Um, but I wanted to talk to you just to kind of kick off the interview about your humble beginnings, right? Like what made you, I feel like I've known you for a while, but I've never gotten your story, right? In terms of what made you inspired to do music and to become a producer. Give me a, a history of how you got on that path. Um, I mean, I just always listen to hip hop. I mean, ever since I came to just really loving music, it was like, first it was R and B and then it kind of evolved into hip hop. And, um, I didn't realize how serious I was about it until, um, probably like 19. And, um, I just, it, not to sound corny, but I was like, I wanted to to be a part of my life forever. And I don't know how I can do that other than making music. And like, I wanted to basically just inspire people the way I was inspired by the culture and the music. So, um, yeah, that's where it started. And then, um, it, from there it went from getting an internship and working my way through fat beats and, um, kind of, kind of using the experience I got from fat beats to kind of like, help me uh create faster because like i don't i don't think if i was immersed in it every day because when i moved here i didn't, hadn't made a beat yet i moved here to make beats but i didn't make a beat yet so like wow. i from the time i moved here is, is like when i started the actual creative journey basically wow so, man yeah that's that's the gist of it indeed and i mean when you speak about fat beats like there was a I think about the brown bag all-stars and just like that movement that was happening around that time, you know, um, like how much of that kind of that experience being around like fellow producers, you know, you know, like audible doctor and I'm um, like, like how much well, of that like inspired you to kind of push forward? The thing about that was I was uh, managing and buying at the store mm -hmm. and then when I moved to the warehouse is when brown bags started. So I wasn't privy to all the early stuff, you know, right. like I was really good friends with audible doctor, 
but he was telling me they they started making music and stuff and like i had been just kind of working on working on beats myself and then finally like i slid them a beat and they used it for one of their uh it was like what was it called like brown bag something they released a song every week for a while but that was like my first real placement and it just like made me even hungrier just wow. like I, I was ready to like skip a bunch of steps and i wasn't ready to do that yet but i was just like i need to get like placements on all these things and shit so yeah it's you learn yeah 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 um when you think back about like who some of your inspirations were from like from an artist perspective like who were some of the artists that you i guess learned from that made you really feel like wow i could really do this you know like you you could give this thing a, a serious shot you mean like personal or um like inspiration Just from inspiration. stuff that i listen to yeah inspiration I, to actually yeah produce yourself i mean uh like dilla dj quick premiere high tech um hip-hop wise but like um i never even considered being able to do it as good as them but i wanted to do my version of that and um yeah, that it, it's inspiring to listen to their music, and I just want to try to do that myself too because how much I, I appreciate it. So yeah, Indeed. that was those those are the the bigger ones. Nice, nice. What uh, what would you say? Like you know, I, I guess when it come when it comes to like starting out producing, like what was the beat machine or method of producing you used when you first started out making beats? Um so when i got here i didn't have any hardware other than a keyboard it had a um a sequencer but i didn't like it at all so it took me about a year and i bought uh, a computer and i used reason for about a month and i didn't like it so then i got a mpc 2000 xl and i i still use it but um i do a lot of my stuff in pro tools and with like of VSTs and and records you know um right. but yeah the that was the the gear of choice was the MPC I didn't like software I didn't like reason I didn't like the sequencing on it but I'm a I'm like a visual guy kind of so right. I needed you know an MP you can toggle the wheel and then in pro tools you can see the waves and all that stuff so um, got it yeah, and that's still what I use to this day like everybody gets new new equipment every like six months i'm right. just kind of i stick with what works for me do you find um that the the mp is easier to use than like like possibly even like using a doll like how how, how do you feel about the, the I, two different I, methods? um i don't use the mpc as much because i feel like i'm more efficient and i can get my ideas out if i know what i'm going to sample mm. and then i just I imported like into whatever right. computer program, like pro tools or whatever. And then my workflow is, is more creative and efficient. So I guess I would prefer software now as opposed to, to hardware. Cause I feel like I'd be more precise and also give it more of a human feel when I can manipulate it myself like that. What was the experience like, um, versus where you are now as a producer, you know, um, when you, when you first started out, right? When you first started out making beats, what was that experience like 
back then versus to where you are now? You know, like what are some challenges you had creating beats before that you don't have now? I put a lot of pressure on myself. Mm. Uh, I still do, but uh, early on just um, to make the process go faster because I felt like I was behind because I didn't like everybody that I know kind of started making beats in their teenage years. And I didn't start until I was, I mean, I was 24 when I made my first first meh beat. Mm. Like it was kind of like when I started. So that every time I sat down and if I come up with nothing, I feel like I failed. Mm. But I was, I mean, I was learning and I wasn't giving myself that that space to mm. do that. Mm. Now, now I don't have that at all because like I look at producing like baseball. Mm. Um, the best hitters only get a hit three times out of 10. So like if you're just taking the reps and staying inspired, you're going to make three dope beats out of 10. You know what I mean? So interesting. Um, yeah. So that's, that's my approach. Cause I know, I know I'm going to make quality music. I know I'm going to try to make the best music out that I could possibly can, but it just, uh, you don't do it. Like there's times where you make eight great beats in a row, but then there's times where you make five, subpar joints right, you right, know right. I, so um yeah. i can dig it man because um i started making beats within was it this 2022 my first started doing it for the first time last year like early last year and i definitely could dig what you're saying you know i my question for you though is like being that you've been doing it a lot longer like how do you know like which is a throwaway versus which is not a throwaway, right? Because I think sometimes we could be extremely critical when it comes to making beats as to what what we think is hot, but maybe somebody else might hear it and be like, "Oh, nah, that's dope," you know. Yo, you're totally right. Um, I sometimes put I have a folder. Of, I I call them, you know, like the average joints or whatever. And not like I'll I'll bring the sessions up sometimes. And sometimes I'll be like, man, that shit sucked. And then I'll go back and listen to another one like a month later. I'm like, man, that was, all right, I'm going to try to work on that still and see what happens. Um, so there's that. And then there's ones where you just know, like, yeah. you know, within the first, like, I'll know when I'm chopping a sample. And if I get a nice bounce within the first 10 to 15 minutes, I know it's going to be something. It's just yeah. a matter of having the patience to put, you know, the right bass line on it or the, the right drums Absolutely. Don't sound too forced. Give it some, you know, space for the MC. Absolutely. But, um, yeah. Got it, got it. So when did you decide that you wanted to be more than just like a, a beat tape producer? Because, you know, there's a lot of producers out there and that they, they mainly do that, right? Like, I mean, not saying they do do projects with other people, but for the most part, their thing is beat tapes, right? Like, yeah. when did you go from like, you know what, I... You know, I don't want to just do beats and put out beat tapes. Like, I want to collaborate with other MCs. When did you realize that, and how did you always envision that happening? I never wanted to be a beat tape producer, mm. ever. Like, my first project was the Meticulous EP. Because right. um, uh, I love beat tapes, but my purpose is to make dope shit to be rhymed over. Or, or sung over like that. That's how I feel I best contribute to this art. And I did beat tapes because I released producer albums and there was kind of a, you know, I don't know, just kind of like a need 
to to contribute in that area too mm-hmm. just to have just to you know circulate your name and, and all that stuff but my my preference is to do an artist like one artist one producer albums like that's mm. my favorite process because it's very um you're you're bouncing ideas off just one person and you yeah. can kind of um yeah that's that's my favorite method but i mean be i'm not saying i'll never release a beat tape again yeah but um it's just it's just not for me most of the time yeah i i remember you put out this uh beat tape project called mellow intros in 2011 that was such a yeah. dope, dope tape man uh, no thanks bro yeah, i appreciate man. it thank um, you so you know being that you said that you always wanted to be able to collaborate with one producer and i know you've done that with justo the mc what is it about that experience that is so fulfilling to you to be able to one-on-one you know produce an mc because sometimes when you work on singular tracks you can't it's not like um it's not like an in-depth process for the most part um whenever you're doing an album with one artist it's just like it's a collection of ideas between these like the producer and the mc and um i just i enjoy that i enjoy it i I enjoy being able to play a whole bunch of beats and hearing and seeing what inspires someone else because my the first the first time i did a project with one artist was audible doctor mm, in 2013 yeah. i believe it was it was we, we went by automatic we did a six track ep and we released a song a week for a month and then two was, weeks uh, later released released the, uh, right? what's the, that the audiomatic the manual ep was that that was that was uh, automatic yeah automatic audible doctor I'm sorry, in meticulous yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that that was the first time, and it was really dope because you know I've been friends with him since two thousand and four, so <laughs> it was pretty easy to like do a project. Dope, dope. So when I look at the meticulous EP, the meticulous LP, and the No Caps project, these are all producer compilation projects, and you feature a lot of dope and notable hip hop MCs on these projects. For the sake of this question, let's just start with the Meticulous LP, however. What was it like getting your first three features on that project? And how did it transfer to the plethora of MCs that the album ended up having? You're talking about the LP, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so there's a there's a group from Pittsburgh called Folkland, and I did a couple tracks with them on Mellow 2, my, my second kind of instrumental Mm-hmm. project but some of the had songs and we had like we had an extra song and i wanted to use it but i didn't want to put it on on mellow mm. so i was like man i'm gonna stash this because i might i might do another producer album so that was the first joint and the next track i f- man i think it might have been the guilty simpson and rock from helta skelta joint and then uh Black Hoodie Rap was the was the third one with mm. uh, Raw Digga and Fame. Mm. Interesting. And I wanted to I wanted to make it an LP because I didn't want to do another EP because the EP was six six songs five songs and then an intro with J Zone. Right. And I wanted to have a longer longer project, so yeah. it was eleven tracks. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I think it. I think it closed out at like close to 30 minutes or something like that. 
Yep, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, but like, like, and, and the reason why I asked that question really to get at the core of like, you know, it's one thing to be able to produce music, right? But it's another thing to be able to to recruit or or to get certain guests to appear on your album. And these are not like, no, these are like really notable artists, a lot of them, you know what I mean? Like, even if you go back, even if you look at this project that you have out here, like you got some some pretty notable names. Of course, they're like mostly known in the independent scene, but these are also very notable MCs. You know, and when you talk about your meticulous LP, you got Lil Fame on here, you got Rod Digger, you got Guilty Simpson, you got your old Droob. You know, Master Ace, you know, Blue. Like, how did you muster up the ability to be able to get their attention, you know, to be a part of these projects? Or your project? um, I definitely used um, a lot of uh, patience first. <laughs> like, it, it's you got to be really patient to do yeah. a producer album. And uh, mixed with... Um, my connections through fat beats and i would i like to pair artists that that never worked together before so um i was introduced to fame and he had never been on a joint with raw digger before other than a remix of uh was it the annie up remix maybe so that wasn't like an official joint you right, know? right right so that was the first time they were on a song together and mast ace had never worked with blue before and that That's beat dope. Mast Mast Ace was on that beat. And then I asked Blue if he wanted to be on a joint with Mast Ace. He's like, Of course, you know, like who who wouldn't want to be on a joint with Mast Ace? Um, and that was the same with like the EP. Um, a big fan of Ari the Rugged Man, and I always wondered why he never worked with any duck down artists. So I was like, Interesting. Let's put them on a on a joint. And then after that joint, um, RA worked with Rusty a couple more times. He might have I don't know if he worked with Rock again, but um yeah, so that's that's just like I like to you know put my flavor on on some on some producer projects you know like just like because every for even uh, no caps they're like I I couldn't hear Breeze Brew and Al Scratch on a joint together but it really works like that's what people say. I'm like that's you know <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm trying to do <laughs> I think um I well I got to give you a props for for having such a calculated mindset in in bringing these these artists together like. Like what? What got you? I guess in that mindset to be like, you know what? I'm just gonna, because you know, I, I I've never gotten a chance to ask a producer, especially people who do compilation albums, um, how they go about getting, you know, because it's not just like a lot of the tracks aren't just like one person, right? Like there's right. multiple people on each track, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, like that was that something you just you just sat and contemplated on like, where did that thought even begin from to say, you know what? I want to pair this person with this person. Because there are, there are classic producer albums like, like uh, welcome to Detroit and mm. soul survivor. But like the other 90% of producer comps are, I mean, I don't want to say terrible, but it's just sound. It just feels like you're just listening to a compilation of songs, you mm. know, like just different artists slapped together I wanted to make all mine sound like albums mm. because I like, I kind of go through these beats and see which ones sound good together, have like a flow to them. And then I reach out to the artists. 
to give it like a more full and like front to back experience other than like, Oh, I got to skip to track seven and I got to go to 11. And then, right. um, so yeah, that, that's, that's, I, I don't know if I answered your question, but, no, you um, got it, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's my approach to, to doing producer records is I want to make them sound like an album. I could dig that. I could dig that. What would you say has been like the most challenging experience you had in, in, in getting these artists to be featured on the album the way you intended? Um, what was my most challenging one? I, I am grateful that the first one was really easy because it, it enabled me to want to do another one mm. because I told people how long it took and it didn't, it didn't take that long at all. Like from the first song I recorded, the album was out maybe 10 months later, which is, which is crazy. Wow. Um, but um, I probably, probably this one with, because there was one track that uh, I had a really hard time with a couple artists. Just, I don't know, like rappers are tough sometimes. Like they can be flakes and they can say one thing and, and do another. Mm. But but I was I was okay with it this time because my intentions on making no caps was to do something creative during the pandemic. Because mm-hmm. um, I didn't I didn't think I'd ever do another producer album again. And I had just put out a project with Justo in 2020, like the right two months after the pandemic started. Right. And I was just, I was just making beats every day. I was in a zone. Um, I was home all day. I was just really creative. And I was like, these have to, these have to see light yeah. some way. So um, that, that's, that's why I did it. Um, wow. And it, it was definitely my favorite project to do for sure. Wow. Like in, in, in out of all of your, all, so far. Yeah, wow, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Because the, the unique um, setting of how and why I made this music. Because like I make music all the time, but I kind of treated this like a like a fun nine to five. You know, like mm. I would wake up, make my daughter breakfast, put her on her Zoom call, right, and right. while she while she did her homework, like I was just making beats. I'd have records on all day. It was it was a great vibe for our house, man. We just we just kind of try not to stress out and yeah yeah keep keep it artistic you know <laughs> dope dope so you know um speaking about the album no caps can you talk to me about how um the title came to be and the significance of you know that wording um so i spell my name all lowercase and um for years everybody just spells it with a capital m and um I didn't want to call it the meticulous LP two or whatever. So I just figured like no caps, just no caps. When you, you know, when right, you right. spell my name, no caps. Right, right, right. <laughs> Shout out to doom. All caps, yeah. Right. The yeah. Other way around. Yeah. But does it have anything to do like outside of it just being, you know, the way you, you spell out your name with the no caps that did it have anything to do with the music? Like yeah, no yeah, it actually did. Yeah, okay. if you you know if you can read into it, you know, no cap, like right. you know, I'm trying to say like the music isn't you know, it's the truth. Right, right. So, so yeah, that, that's right. pretty much it. Yeah. And and was that sort of like the feeling you were getting as you were creating it too? Like was that 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 essence of it being? Yeah, truth? I I, I was I was very um, very happy, very inspired with with everything that that 
came back to me um because because you know i would like for instance the guilty joint home going i made that beat on a sunday and it felt like a very kind of boom bap church vibe and i was like man i think guilty would, would kill this and i sent it to him he's like he's like you know that's a one i have an idea for it let me let me let you know in a second so he hit me back and he was like i want to talk about a pimp's funeral <laughs> on it and i was like oh yeah that's crazy do it do your thing wow and he, it's he always sent it interesting back. how they come up with these themes yeah. right yeah shout out to guilty but, simpson yeah man and he sent it back and i you know i thought it was going to be a 16 and he sent me a 32 and I was like, man, I'm not even getting anyone else on this. This is this is perfect. Like, you, you'll ruin the story if you put somebody else on there. He just, like, painted a picture. And I'm just like, that, that's it, you know? Which um, is another dope thing as a producer to be able to, like, see the vision and, 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 and like, not get in the way of it, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, let's keep it going. Keep it going the way it is so we can get this whole story, you know, conveyed. <laughs> I did. Absolutely. Um, so... In regards to this project, you know, we're talking specifically about no caps. Um, what type of sounds were you looking for to produce this project? Like, was there a certain sound that you were looking for in terms of the samples or the instruments you were uh, pulling from? No, not not necessarily. I just try to keep, I try to keep it, um, like in a in a, a, I don't know, a bounce that that isn't very um prevalent in hip-hop anymore i feel like everything is very slow and not that slow is a bad thing it's just very very slow um and it, it's a very one note to in my opinion mm. and i i don't think anything has that like just like the head nod appeal to it mm. and um and I don't want to make it dated, you know, because a lot of people have a bad connotation of boom bap lately. And it's weird because um, you don't have to some some boom bap sounds very mechanical and, and dated. Mm -hmm. um, but but like you can't you can't not have any funk in, in hip hop. I hear I don't hear it much so that that I wanted to have like, like the head nod ability and and just kind of zone into the music. Okay. Um, yeah. I could dig it. A little bit more about how you went about getting the guests that are featured on this project. Were th were these artists planned, or did they just come together by happenstance in terms of who you picked? Well, my my initial thought for this album was to get duos on it. Um, mm. You know, for instance, YU and XO were in Diamond District, right? And I, I love diamond district and I, i've always wanted to work with those those two guys and um and then uh what was the other one um oh i wanted to get uh ill conscience ill conscious and jay royale and jay royale uh it, he took a, a little too long because he mm -hmm. was doing a bunch of different stuff and he had, he had to do that stuff first before he got to mine and I, it, it got to like the end so I um I scrapped that and, and put Mav on there because I really like him and that, that ended up working out. And that's like the, the pathway the um the mm. project went because I had one artist in mind and then try to get another one to like keep it kind of local, you know, like mm -hmm. the guilty Simpson joint was supposed to be two Detroit MCs, but he crushed that joint all by right, himself. Right, right, so I'm right, not right. trying to get anybody else. And then like the the Sky Zoo joint, I never worked with Sky Zoo before and I've had that I had that beat he was on for a while 
and I got Justo on that because they're you know they're Brooklyn MCs. Yeah. So um, yeah, I tried to have like like strong duos from the the same region on each joint. I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah, I, I didn't notice that off the bat, but yeah, because you can see K, uh, Kev Brown and Jay Sinai sort of the same you know region as well. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, the homeboy Sandman intro. How did that come to be? Because that's not a duo, and I don't. I'm not. I'm not seeing the duality or the duos. You know. So. There. Yeah, that joint. I wanted it to be my intro, and um, the last couple. I mean, the LP in this project. I started out with one MC, and um, I I like that uh, mm. that way to kind of set off an album because I feel like that that beat kind of just just leads you into the, the experience of the album. And um, I thought it would have been too long. I mean, some people don't like one verse intros. I, I'm, I'm a fan of them. They kind of just set you up, basically. Yeah. No, it makes sense. I mean, <laughs> it's an intro, right? So yeah, yeah. it's supposed to be kind of <laughs> short, generally. Um, and, and I mean, I think getting Homeboy Sandman to set up the album is perfect because I think his voice always kind of commands your attention, his delivery. He has a very um, clear way of delivering his, his, his rhymes um, definitely. That, that definitely command your attention. So I think that was smart having him, you know, intro the, the album. Um, what would you say has been like the most memorable thing about creating this album? No caps for you. Uh, probably, probably just doing it through coronavirus and not having any, um, expectation other than to put a great piece of art out into the world mm. and and like just the organic nature of the process just like wake up in the morning play records while i'm eating breakfast and mm. then create from that and then share it with the world mm. so like my other processes are are different but it, this was just kind of like you're locked down you can't do anything else like this is what you're supposed to be doing so i did right. it you know, and it, it makes me um, think about also the process of what it's like to actually, you know, because I'm assuming a lot of this was recorded, you know, remotely, right? Especially with it being in a pandemic. Like, so what was the process like being able to, you know, get the get the vocals back and then, you know, track them? over the beat and, and, and align them the right way and, you know, mesh them with the other, with the other guest vocals. Like, what was that like? Like the, I guess the, um, the, uh, the, the sequencing and the, you know, getting the right verses and the right, you know, flow to match the beat and everything, that whole process. What was that like for you? Other than making the beat, uh, sequencing and arranging album is my favorite, uh, my oh. favorite part of it because so yeah, you, yeah, you can you can bring you bring every like you are presenting your plate to your you know your listener um like the way you arrange the whatever you cook up on the plate it's like that's an experience you know so you don't want to the mess up any part of it you want to deliver it to someone where they're like they don't even realize it's it's dope because they're just taking it in mm. as opposed to like just thinking too much. It's just good, you know? So that's all. That's, that's my favorite part. Wow. I wouldn't even think that. I thought that would be sort of like a, 
a challenge, right? Like, uh, I mean, I'm not saying it's not, I'm not saying it's easy, but like, I, I would think like, man, like making sure everything matched up the right way. And like you said, arranging and sequencing and, you know, like it does take a certain attention to detail. And as you said earlier, like a certain level of patience as well. All right. So, um, what would you say was your most favorite track to create on this album? Um, I mean the the Diamond District one. I've I've wanted to I've wanted to do for a really long time. Mm. Um, and uh, getting the the joint with Sky Zoo and putting Justo on that was really dope. And then the, I mean they're all they're all their own animal, right? Um, but yeah, just like the the video shoot with kev and jay cyanide was was really really dope um they have a really good chemistry like i i love i mean i love kev he's one of my favorite producers and to have him you know mess with my beats is uh it's a huge honor and like i i feel like his verse is just it's incredible the way he way he comes over that beat man it's uh it's really dope but yeah, man, I, I I can't pick one really, but you know, there's 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 highlights from each one. Um, but yeah, dope, dope. I don't know. I just I yeah, it's I, I really enjoy the project. Nah, I I totally understand, man. Um, sometimes it's like you, know, you got multiple kids; it's like hard to choose, right? Like you, right, they're right. all special in each yeah. way. Um, what would you say has like your creative processes like for keeping your production? entertaining like when you want to do a beat change up or add new instruments to like an initial loop like how's that process like for you just the the feel of it um how i feel like i'd want to listen to this track played with with a rapper over it you mm-hmm. know um because sometimes i feel like sequences are, are too long so i'm like oh you need something here just change it up a little bit here so i try to I try to do that in a way that's um, unexpected, but like uh, creative at the same time, not not too much. Because mm. you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to do too much, but just enough yeah. for 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 the the ear to main, maintain interest. Right, 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 right. And uh, when you think about the moments where you've done that, like. What are some like go to sounds that you go to? Like, is it a drum change up or is it a, a like a, a a sample change up? Like, what what's usually your method? I mean, taking away is a, is a is a good thing too. Like, you mm. can do drops or you can and take the sample out or or remove a snare or something like that, just to keep you know keep the flavor. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. I, I I didn't think about it from that perspective, but yeah, that that's a good point too, right? Yeah, being able to like strip away even just like one instrument makes a big difference. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay, so that's kind of your go-to. You try you for the most part, you try to take away, and then maybe you know add a little something on top, maybe some right. different percussion or or maybe like a little synth here and there, like on the hook or something. Yeah. But um, yeah, you can't you can't get crazy busy on hip-hop songs uh without them sounding like it's it's just too much yeah yeah, yeah. you know you don't want to have you don't want to have like there's a there's a balance between like keeping someone's attention because it's uh there's a because it, it's repetitive yeah. but then like if it's too repetitive that's that that's why hip-hop's tough man it, yeah. it's it's simple music but to do it very well it 
you you gotta like think about it yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. just say yeah yeah i think um, i think what's always interesting too is like when you when you hear an mc rhyming over a beat and there's a certain point in the song where you don't hear the beat like maybe it's like for two seconds like it, it drops and it kind of accentuates yeah. their vocals a little bit you know i think i've heard you do that a, a few times um on the projects, you know, so um, that's always a cool thing too. Like you were talking about stripping away, also knowing when to strip things away for the to help accentuate the actual MC himself too. Man. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. So, um, with so many producers putting out compilation compilation albums that feature a host of dope MCs, I know you kind of alluded to this earlier, but tell me you know, more in detail of like, how do you always try to set yourself apart from, you know, other producers that are uh, putting out compilation records, not just for this project, no caps, but like your other stuff. Like what are you always thinking of when you look out and you see so many other producers doing compilation albums? I just try to um, just be myself and kind of gauge uh, what is being put out at the time and try not to do that at all. Mm. Cause, cause there's, there's so much music in indie hip hop that sounds exactly the same to me. Indeed. And it's, it's tough to, um, uh, I mean, it's not really tough to follow those trends because everybody does it, but like, I, I just want to try to, um, put my own spin on what I think modern, uh, day, hip-hop is without sounding too underproduced and also too uh nostalgic right. uh too dated um because i think i mean the best example for me is that that little brother uh made the lord watch album mm -hmm. it is it is what hip-hop should sound like to me like i i love that record mm. it is yeah, it is fantastic um but I'm also very picky and, and critical, so that's 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 a detriment to me. Hence the name meticulous, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't get a chance to ask this earlier, but before I leave, I definitely gotta ask you about it because you put out two albums with him. Um tell me about how you and Just So the MC came together and um you know what what helped to develop the um chemistry, you know, between you two. Um so we were also we were recommended to each other by a couple people like uh, mm. my homie Carlos from Classic Material and the B Shine. I was I was I talking to them both around the same time because I was I was looking for an MC because um, I wanted to I wanted to produce an album. I was hungry to to do it, and they both they both said Justo, and it just so happened he was doing an interview with the B Shine in front of Sirius XM. Mm. and i was going to meet eclipse and we had they like introduced us and i was like oh shit like you know let me send you some beats and uh we both have a lot of people that we know in common and we uh we developed a, a quick working relationship because it was it was very easy um you know he's a, he's one of the most versatile mcs that i can think of today um he he can rap on anything, but he's very discerning in, you know, what he raps over, um, uh, to make 
you know, to make full projects sound diverse. Like he's very, very good at that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we complement each other in that way because we don't want to make the same album over and over and over. Right, right, right. (laughs) But um, yeah, so he actually, uh, he came up under um, DJ Premier and the Gangstar Foundation because his cousin was in the Gangstar Foundation. So um, yeah, like he, uh, we were up on Premier show on, on Sirius XM and uh yeah he's he's been really premieres the amazing dude like he he's been promoting our music and and my music like the That's fact huge, that he knows though. that we're yeah it's it's like it's the biggest honor I, I have you know have that dude you know appreciate my music and and play it like he scratched up close range on his show um it's on my instagram page it's crazy man it's it's nuts but um we're actually doing another project together so it'll be our third joint it'll come out maybe this year we'll see awesome i was just gonna ask you like you know what's what's in store well being that you do have another project how if you can give a glimpse of like you don't have to tell me like too much about it but just like how you guys intend for it to be different right because i know you said earlier you know justo's really good at making you know not doing the same project again and you too yeah like how do y'all intend to set it apart from the others I mean, this this one sounds. It doesn't sound like anything we've done, mm. um, and it's still in the. It's still you know hip hop. It's it's right. like Brooklyn hip hop stuff, but some of the some of the sounds are different. Like uh, some, we have some real down tempo stuff, like double time stuff, um, and this the subject matter. You know, he he always brings some stories into into his music, so. Um, yeah, I don't think anything sounds like it right now, personally. But mm. um, yeah, so you you'll hear it soon. Dope, dope. You know the I, you said earlier that you thought that um you were you weren't even thinking of uh, putting out another like uh co- compilation project, right? In regards to how No Caps came out, like what is where do you stand with? those projects are you really like done like you're not going to be doing like i guess the question i'm trying to get at is like what's next even after the justo like what else do you want to do um producer i i view producer albums like for me personally like i said i want to make it sound like an album but i feel i feel like producer albums are dismissed by the listener because it's it's just a compilation you Mm -hmm. know so like they never they're never considered on album lists or anything like that. Not that right. I want to make lists, but it's just like, I'm trying to make an album to contribute, not to be like put on playlists. You I know see. what I mean? So I feel like, I, I just feel like it's a lot of work for the producer. Cause you're, you're rounding up 10, right, 15, right, right. 20 artists at a time to be on the, on this album. And it's just like, it's not viewed as an album basically. Um, so I'm not going to rule it out again because at the end of the day, I always like my product, you know, like mm. I put hard work into it and I appreciate it and I'm grateful for it, but I'm definitely working with uh, other individual artists, hopefully producing full albums in the, in the next right. year or two. Um, so that's definitely on the horizon. Nice. Nice. What would you say is the underlying message you want your music to offer to listeners? um genuine uh just just genuine good music i just want to put out good hip-hop music 
that doesn't sound like uh, everything else and um, just makes you feel something, whether it's like aggression or you're just like chilling out, hanging out, whatever, uh, just put you in a zone. And that's what the best music has done for me. Um, and that's that's definitely what I want to do for the listener. Well, listen, man, I thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me tonight. I know it's been long overdue, man. Yeah, to man. Get you in yeah. on, a, <laughs> on a full interview, man. Um, I definitely wish you much continued success on the uh, journey. I know there's a lot. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to see, you know, in addition to the next Justo project, but like the other like solo, you know, MC that you de- decide to work with, and 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 you know how that comes out. Do you have um any like con- conceptual projects? in mind that you want to do in the future like like maybe- um nothing nothing concrete i mean okay. i have i have a couple mcs that we're gonna we're gonna work um but and then that will come after we we start you know what sure. i mean uh to see what direction we want to take it but um yeah nothing nothing like you know nothing like a, stone yet yeah nothing nothing like what's going on like a streamlined topic like we're gonna figure it out once we get there Got it, got it. I, I could I could sense that's kind of your vibe too, right? You you kind of like just you go with the flow and then you think about it in the moment, right? Like right, yeah, right. Um. So yeah, yeah. I found like with MCs, if you if you kind of force them, they they're not that inspired. So let them be inspired by what you give them, and then work with that. Right. I mean, you the beats I mean? often always dictate. Even with me, even with me, like you know, creating beats. Somebody asked me the other day, like do I, do I create the rhymes first? Like I'm always creating the rhymes off of the beat. The, right. The, the mood of the beat always dictates what I'm going, what I'm going to write about. So, um, yeah, man, that's, um, I could definitely understand that, you know, but yeah, man, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. You know, meticulous is, uh, you, like I said, man, much continued success to you before we get out of here. Do you want to tell the people where they can keep connected to you? Um, you know, your social media, your website, you know, places where, you know, they can stay updated with Meticulous. Yeah, man. Uh, meticulousmusic.com is the website where you'll be led to, you know, my Instagram, uh, Twitter. Uh, the No Caps Vinyl will be shipping. Uh, it's shipped now, finally. There was a lot of a lot of hiccups with that, with that process uh, and that plant. Mm. Um, I was supposed to have it out to ship to everybody a long time ago, but now I'm finally going to have it. You can go to meticulousmusic.com and get that. Uh, it's limited quantities, um, uh, meticulous on Instagram, but you you can be led to all that. And Spotify, you can find me. Apple, you can find me. Um, that's yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. Indeed, man. I know it's 2022, you know, uh, being at this album released in 2021. Is it safe to say that you're still promoting this record? Like, will there be any more oh, yeah. videos? No, stuff? no more videos. Okay. Um, no more videos. But like, I, I'm getting, I'm getting constant uh, press. Like, I, you know, there was a that book, the B Boy document. They did a feature on me. It just came out nice. uh, like a month ago. Um, more interviews. Um, yeah, I just like an album usually has like a one month run or. <laughs> two month cycle and and like i just i work work too hard to uh not keep promoting it i mean i, I had it. there was a beer wax did a beer for for no caps we I had an album release party at beer wax <laughs> with uh, a brewery called 18th ward and they did an ipa for me so um yeah that was dope. i mean the the merch with this album has been 
uh, really fun to see come to life too. And now, now with the record going to ship, everyone will get that. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome when you can, like you said, <laughs> unfortunately, a lot of albums might only last a month, but I think it's really up to the artists to extend the promotion on it. And I see that you've been definitely doing that, man. You know, yeah, man, you put a lot of work in, you got to get the, the, the most that you could get out of it. So I totally yeah. Understand and, that. and you know, it's, it's new to someone who's never heard of me before or Absolutely. heard any of my music. So, I mean, that that's the, the beauty of having something last forever is like, you can have anybody check it out at any time. Absolutely. Well, man, thank you again for being here on the platform. To all of our viewers and listeners, thank y'all for tuning in. This is episode 106. Remember to go to our website, outtheboxmedia.com, to stay updated with all things Out The Box. Remember, we got our um, merch page up there. You can click the tab for that. We got our uh, Patreon page if you want to support us that way, man. And, um, you know, continue to support dope hip-hop and creative and conscious and thoughtful hip-hop, just good hip-hop, wherever it is. You know, um, thank you to my guests again, Meticulous. I will catch you all on the next show. Peace, love, and light. Y'all stay healthy, stay safe, stay focused. We out. Peace.